everyone, you're listening to the Jersey Church Podcast, where we give practical tips to equip people to care and connect others to Christ. Welcome, everybody, uh, to the Jersey Church Podcast. Uh, I'm Matt, and I'm here with my co-host, Todd. How are you doing today, Todd? Doing pretty well. Doing quite well. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. We are... uh, we are at church, but we are not in the bunker. Isn't that weird? So um, uh, Todd and I are across the hallway from each other using our, our laptops still. Uh, uh, it's the COVID. We thought it was going away, but it's like it's like a it's like a bad thunderstorm, man. It said, "Man, I got one more push left in me." So hopefully, it uh, it dies down soon. But um, who knew of- we'd be doing Zoom just down the hall from each other? Exactly. You know? Every day it's a little bit closer. We're going to be in the same room one day, Todd. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so today we're talking about uh, our D groups. We're in season two, uh, episode five. We're talking about relational discipleship. And this one specifically is how do we select the right people in our group? Um, and Todd and I know about this because we both have had groups where we are have just amazingly picked the right people and you know, we just look at ourselves as the the discipleship gurus, and then that group usually ends, and we pick one, and it barely makes it like a month before these guys fall out, right? And we realize, hey, we didn't pick the right guys, and then that whole guru thing just goes right out the window. Uh, Absolutely, we've had we've had good groups and we've had uh, failed groups, and um, I know I've even ended some uh, not because the guys fell out, but it was just like I can't I can't do this anymore because these guys are not actually they're like showing up just to like talk and not really. Uh, they're not really working on their own to follow Jesus. So, um, uh, but with selecting people, uh, you know, Todd, as we were talking about this, you brought us back to Luke chapter six, uh, verses 12 through 16, which is a great passage for this because that's when Jesus uh, picks his disciples, or actually it's right before he picks his disciples. And, Correct. and as you read that, uh, again, that's Luke six, 12 through 16. It said that Jesus gets alone to pray. So he gets away from everybody and he prays. And you're, if, if that's where the chapter ends, you're kind of like, oh, Jesus is a really godly man. Like, you know, he, uh, he really wants to stay connected with the Lord. But as you continue to read, it says he comes down from that time and then he picks his disciples. Uh, and so obviously prayer, as we talk about selecting people, will be big. Um, but, but we know that this is, a, this is an important topic because we see Jesus doing it. Like Jesus didn't just like one day say, hey, Simon, Peter, hey, John, James, John, you know, why well, I already said John, sorry. There's two Jameses, but one John. Um, and he didn't just pick them willy-nilly. He, he, he sat before the Lord and he discussed it with him. Uh, and so that's obviously a huge part of this. But there's some other practical things that could help you through this process. And, and you know, Todd, as, you, as you've done this before, you know, who do you, I think the most important thing is what type of person do you look for? You know, like, I think that's the, the thing. Because you could, I mean, I have a lot of friends. I have a lot of people that I know. You have a lot of options. But how do you, like, know who to look for? Now, I think that's a great question to start off with. And one that would seem fairly elementary. You know, it's like, okay, well, we look for people that are interested. You know, why wouldn't we just move forward with whoever is interested in, uh, in joining us? And, but, uh, but there's the potential that there could be a little bit more to it than that. And, and one of the acronyms that we um, have uh, gone back to regularly is 
just the faith acrostic and very easy to remember. Uh, it spells out the word faith, but it stands for faithful, available, intentional, teachable, and hungry. And we'll go back through those uh, and hit on each one of those words just a little bit. But uh, And it's interesting as I look back on those, like Matt said, uh, the times where I've invited somebody and that it has been uh, somebody that's interested and jumps on board, uh, but then I, I haven't taken them through this, uh, you know, this acrostic. It's like, wow, you know, why did they drop out just a, a few months later? It's like, well, you know, they just weren't available, you know, and, and so we're going to go through each of these. And, and, and I think the, the ideal scenario is someone that, uh, that, you know, fits each of these, these different categories. So uh, the first is faithful, somebody that you just get the sense that is going to follow through, you know, somebody that has come to the point in their, their walk with Christ, that this is something they're desiring and something that, uh, that they are going to uh, uh, be willing to, uh, to commit to and, and available. And I think we can clearly see how this would, um, somebody would opt in if this is a part of, of where they're at in their stage of life. And we can also see how this could create some difficulties. And I've known some groups to step out on a limb like this. You know, the person is, is maybe partially available. And, well, you know, I just don't know how many times I can get with you, but, uh, but I, you know, I'll try to be there as much as I can. It's like, you know what, that might be, a, you know, the Lord saying, okay, maybe this just isn't the right season for them. Uh, and does it make them a bad person by any stretch of the imagination? It could be for a lot of different reasons, uh, from work travel to, to stage of life family-wise. Uh, it, could, it could be for a lot of different reasons. So availability really, really is key. Uh, yeah, so I, had a, uh, I did a group in, uh, when I was at a church in Denver and had a guy, one of the first guys I went to was like, hey, so uh, do you want to be in this group? And he's like, yeah, yeah, let me think about it. And when we you know, settled on a time, six o'clock on like Tuesday morning was like the time we could do it. It was like 6.30. And he's like, uh, he's like, I got to be at work at seven. And so we tried all mm -hmm. sorts of other times. It didn't work. And, uh, and he's like, well, I'll just kind of join you guys whenever I can. And I very politely and very kindly was like, you know, hey, that's kind of not the group it is. So uh, how about this? Let me run this group. And then the next one we'll talk about, and you know, you getting in and, and, he, and he was, he was good with that, you know? And so, but it was, it was, it was literally work. You know, he was, he's still a godly man, but uh, it was work that just didn't allow him to kind of like he said. So. Yeah. And along those lines, there's going to be this constant temptation because you want to get started. You want to, uh, you have a desire to see people, uh, not only yourself grow in Christ and, uh, to mature and eventually multiply, but you want to see others experience that as well. And so there's this uh, uh, joy in getting started, but there, and that creates a constant temptation to overlook some of these things. And so if, if our, if you hear nothing, and oftentimes you'll hear in, in sermons or, or teachings, if you hear nothing else uh, in today's episode, uh, it is this, is, uh, is don't fall for that temptation to uh, cut some corners on this because you'll uh, uh, you'll end up more oftentimes than not regretting it down the road or the road as things uh, play out over the course of time. So, and then the I stands for intentional. You know, this is somebody that you uh, you just get the sense is is going to be intentional with the group. Is um, you know really has a desire and is is going to be looking forward to uh, to getting together and. Uh, for this accelerated time of spiritual transformation. And, 
Uh, the T stands for teachable. I think this is another huge one. You know, we've all met people that you can have a conversation with and you get the sense that, you know what, they had a lot they wanted to share with me. Uh, and that could very well be that I had uh, a lot to learn from them, you know, and uh, but you get the sense that it's really not a two-way street. You know, it is one of those relationships where, boy, there's some things in their life that, uh, you know what, I, I could uh, see the Lord continue to mold and shape them, but uh, they're really not interested in hearing that from you, you know, or for that matter, sometimes it's part of their personality or their stage of their, their uh, process of growing in Christ that they're not really interested in hearing that from too many people. <laughs> right. well, and, and I've always found you can pick that out by people's uh, interactions with you. Like when you mm -hmm. talk to them, just, just a normal interaction, not even in your RD group. But like as you're talking to them, are they engaging with what you say and going, oh, that's a good idea. I hadn't thought about that. Or, oh, I've seen that here. Or are they just going, oh, okay. And then they move on to whatever they want to talk about, right? Like, like yes. um, you know, I, I feel like the people who I found are teachable are people who you hear what you say and they may not even find it profound or like the, the greatest thing they need to learn, but they at least engage in it because they're wondering if they can learn something. Yes. And, yeah. um, and obviously it's not like everything we say is, is like, you know, earth shattering, but it is like, are they at least engaging with it? So yes, um, I think that's absolutely. Yep. And I have a heart to know that, okay, this is somebody that we can learn from one another as we learn together, you know, from God's word. So, so being teachable is uh, extremely key. It reminds me of the, the, first chapter of the master plan evangelism by Robert Coleman. If you haven't picked that book up, Oh my goodness, a classic discipleship book, probably, you know, some would, uh, a lot of people would say the classic book on discipleship and the very first chapter in there, I remember the first time I went through that book and uh, it is on selection and he really brings out how critical selection is uh, in the whole process uh, of, uh, of making disciples. And, and then finally, uh, the H is, uh, stands for hungry. I've heard, it, I've heard different people use this, the H for different things. Sometimes I've, I've seen it uh, heart for God or we've just put in here hungry. And, and it just that sense that this is somebody that, uh, that really has a desire to grow. And, uh, and we've, we've all seen that too. You know, you may be in a small group where as you look at over the group, there are some that are coming maybe just because of their spouse, uh, or there's some that are coming that, uh, uh, but they're sort of semi-engaged. And then there are others that it's like, wow, this, this man or this woman, they just can't get enough of this, you know, and they're just hungry for more. And so those are some of the things that you'll want to pick up on, you know, as you're interacting with people regarding uh, those that you could would be the potentially the right person for your RD group. So again, faith, faithful, available, intentional, teachable, and hungry. And, and then finally, just three real quick questions and uh, throw it back to Matt is, is, and these sort of go along with the faith acrostic. I just think help tease that out a little bit more is, uh, you know, are they faithful following Jesus in the current, uh, their current stage in their spiritual journey? You know, I think that's key. You know, if they're not faithful where they're at now, you know, whatever that is uh, in regards to uh, their small group or their serve team or what have you, then the likelihood uh, it's going to be, they're not going to flip a switch and all, or all of a sudden become faithful to you over here and the Lord over here. So, um, so are they faithful where the Lord has them at right now? Also, are they 
available enough to fulfill the time commitment of the RD group. That sort of goes a lot. We've already hit that uh, fairly well. And then, then finally, do they display a humble desire to learn from those around them? And again, I think that's just a different way of getting at that teachable aspect of things. You know, are they humble enough to, to know that, all right, uh, there's not only things that uh, you're going to learn from them uh, through God's word, but, uh, but vice versa. So it's a little bit about who to look for, just having that faith acrostic in your mind as, as almost a filter uh, or a litmus test regarding those that, uh, as you're purring through names of different people and around different people that you'll want to keep in mind. So now I said that word around, so that naturally leads us to the next question is, is where do you look? You know, where are some places, Matt, that, that you have traditionally gone to, uh, to invite people? Yeah. Yeah. And I think when you're thinking about inviting people, uh, the first thing to do is just take a deep breath, right? Like, like, I think this overwhelms me um, because I'm going, you know, who do I invite to this? And I don't want to make a mistake in this. And, you know, and I go through all the, the things of, I want to pick good people. I don't want to pick bad people. And I don't want people to think I'm weird. Um, but I'm always comforted that even when Jesus picked his 12, there was a betrayer in them, right? So, uh, and, and Jesus was perfect. So we won't always pick, you know, perfectly. Uh, but, you know, so, so take a deep breath. And then, you know, obviously we go back to prayer. You pray and you start going, okay, God where, where, and I like calling it my sphere of influence. God, you have placed me in this specific spot, this specific time with people around me. It's a sphere of influence, right? Like I have a circle of people around me that I'm connected with. So, you know, God, where do I look? And, and you start at, you start looking in that sphere going, okay, well at work, I know this person's a Christian, this person's a Christian, this person's a Christian. You know, what kind of Christians are they? You know, and then you go to church. And I think at church, uh, church is probably where I would turn to first. I'm a pastor. That just makes the most sense. Um, but even for uh, just a, a church member, um, you know, your grow group, you know, we, we call them grow groups. It's a small group. You know, what, what, who in there, as, as you look, is like, man, this person always comes prepared. This person always is on time. They rarely miss. And when they do miss, they're like texting me, apologizing and, you know, wishing they could come. And, um, and you know, it's like something's popped up. I can't come. You know, and it's not the person that's like, you know, I'm here because I like you people, but that's just really it, right? It's like, no, this person wants to grow. Um, and you can see that a lot in people in your small group, your grow group. Uh, and then the other place is your, your serve team, you know, our Jersey serve teams. So you're serving with people uh, as a greeter. You're serving with people in the kids ministry. You're serving with people on the men's ministry and worship team. You know, you're with those people a lot when you're practicing and you get to know them. You get to know where they're at in their faith. And then you go, gosh. How fun would it be if you're discipling somebody that eventually then takes your spot, right? Like you're discipling somebody who, uh, who as a door greeter, man, you're helping them not just grow in Christ, but with the skill of being, of welcoming people to the church. And then next thing you know, you know, they, they're not at your door anymore, but they're at another door by themselves, you know, or they've even thought of another place they could greet people because you have poured into them, not just spiritually, but that practical knowledge. Um, and Reed, I think that is a uh, an often overlooked place. I think for whatever reason, I mean, a lot of people uh, in life of the church, you know, in, in times past where they just have this mental image of these are the people I serve with. Right. And that's what we do. You know, there's, you know, there's nothing to it. Yeah, we've got to know each other and everything. But prime example, just, uh, just last week, uh, Cindy, uh, my assistant, she's a uh, uh, making some contacts with those that have expressed, you know, interest in RD. And, and as she's talking to uh, the, the lady, 
she talks about, um, uh, you know, where to potentially look to. And she had been a part of our choir. Well, the choir hasn't been able to, to meet and to sing and to serve together. And she made this comment. She's like, you know, I really feel like, you know, what I was involved in. Um, and she did some things outside the choir uh, as well. But the things I've been involved in outside of worship to serve, I really feel like those things have been taken away from me. And, uh, you know, not maliciously by the church or anybody else, but it was just, you know, through, uh, through the virus. And she, by the end of the call, she was on cloud nine to just see this new door the Lord was opening up that, okay, here's who I used to serve with. Oh my goodness, I have so many relationships there that I could look to uh, invitation-wise. Uh, that had been quote unquote taken away, but now that can be repurposed to uh, uh, to start an RD group out of. So I think it's a often overlooked place. Look at you using a uh, uh, a classic HDTV term, repurposed. Oh, is that classic ADHD? Uh, what you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> said ADHD? <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, I did. So yes, you watch the TV shows where they repurpose things in the homes. So oh, there you go. Okay. Relationships. That's great. That's that's all amazing. right. Yeah. Oh, good, good. Well, I'm glad. Uh, my wife will be proud of that. So there you go. All right, so as we repurpose relationships in our serve teams and our grow groups, um, again, take a deep breath, look at what's around you, because it could also be a coworker, it could also be a neighbor, um, it could also be a family member. I, I know we had one lady who started a, um, a RD group with, uh, with a bunch of family members, because they had just come to know Christ, and they were, they were hungry, they were faithful, the acrostic faithful, and, uh, and so she started, that was one of her first ones, I think. And, and I was just so proud of her because that can be tough, but you, you already know them. There's already some, some connection there and you're going to see them a lot in, in your life. Um, now, you know, let's say you go through all your, um, you know, Jesus said, we're fishermen, we're, we fish for people. So you go through all your uh, existing fishing ponds and, uh, in you, you know, gosh, just nobody's there. Uh, it's good to look for a new fishing pond you go, okay, so where do I look now? Example from my life is I'm the next gen minister and I, I run our college ministry. So when I start thinking discipleship, I automatically go to college students. And I've done that three or four times now. Um, and I was telling Todd beforehand that uh, it was interesting and I don't regret it, but a lot of the guys that I took through these groups are doing discipleship. It's just at other churches, other places that as they've graduated college, they've gone and got new jobs, they've gone on to different ministries uh, elsewhere. And, uh, and it's all exciting, but I was kind of feeling like, okay, Lord, it's still just me doing this. So what do I do? And so I began to pray and he began to bring volunteers to my mind. And I was like, oh, so if I, if I start an RD group of these volunteers, they'll help me then, you know, disciple college students and high, high school students. And I think this has been the, the RD group I'm in right now is my favorite one because, you know, the, these are guys pouring into me and I'm pouring into them. And I see just a lot coming at the end and so I had to look for a new fishing pond and, and but it, it came about by prayer and just asking the Lord and, and looking around to see you know what am God what are you trying to accomplish through me and how do I better do that well he wanted to accomplish more disciples of college students so I found guys who could help me do it who I know are not going to graduate college and leave right like which is a natural thing um, and so and then the last thing I was thinking through with this is just patience waiting on the Lord. Don't force it, right? Like, don't, like, Todd, like you were saying, don't short that faith, uh, that faith acrostic. Um, and I just, uh, you know, if we think about waiting on the Lord, um, you know, wait for the Lord to bring the people. So, 
You know, Psalms 37, 7 says we wait expectantly. So after we pray, we expect God to do something. Psalms 33, 20 says uh, he's our help. So we know he's going to help us with those things. And then Lamentations 3, 25 is, it says the Lord is good to those who wait and seek it, wait on him and seek him. And so as we wait for the Lord, know that God wants you to do this. He wants you to disciple people. So he will bring those people to you. Um, and so, so, I mean, but I mean, still though, you know, what, what do we do if we're struggling to find those people who are faithful? You know, it's, you know, like, uh, so I just gave a lot of really good, I mean, I just, I know that was a lot of really good advice, but I've still been in the boat where it's like, God, I'm still looking for people. And so Todd, as you kind of like, you know, we've gone through all this and, and we hit obstacles, you know, what, are, what are some of the things that you think through that you do uh, to kind of help you push through those obstacles? No, I think that is a great question. I think where uh, there's a wide variety of people that eventually get there. And I think just continue persevering in prayer. I mean, I've heard stories of people that have literally prayed for months, you know, and, and yet they're so thankful they did because the, the relationships and the people that the Lord eventually brought along why does it take that long in some respects? Only the Lord knows. You know, it could have been something uh, in your life or their life or or totally unrelated. Uh, but, uh, you know, and I just went through this with uh, the transition I just made from my last RD group and multiplying to my new RD group. Uh, we, I was part of a great RD group. First one I had where all four of us were, uh, were going out to multiply and just we're all celebrating that. And, and one of the guys in the group, all of a sudden we had this timetable made up and all of a sudden one of the guys in the group, uh, love RT, but all of a sudden he says, uh, Hey guys, uh, guess what? My RD group came together. So I, I think I'm ready to go. And I'm like, wait a second, RT, you were the one transitioning in your job role and we were waiting on sort of uh, to, to get to the point where we we're going to multiply. And now you're telling me if they're telling us, you know, two months ahead of time that uh, before our end date that you, that you're ready. So we joked about that. And so I'm like, Oh my goodness, I gotta get on the ball. And then one of the other guys, um, the Lord led him to guys. And then the next one the, here I am, you know, uh, supposedly the leader of this group, Todd, like, just, just yeah, yes, there, there were air quotes around that. And I'm like, Oh my God, here I am. What am I going to do? You know? And, and, uh, so the first one came along pretty quick. Uh, a little bit after that, the next one, and but I know you know really love this this aspect of of having a quad, and so uh, I was praying for the fourth. Uh, extended some invitations. Uh, that was a bit humbling uh, because there were some no's, you know, and try not to take that personal. And but it was it was all stage of life stuff, you know. It was they're already involved in in a ton and just didn't want to commit uh, others. Uh, maybe it was me. No, I, I'm. I'm thinking it probably wasn't me, but what I'm saying is they could be for a lot of different reasons. And, but there were honestly <clears throat> met uh, multiple no's and then, uh, and then finally, I mean, and this took, Oh my goodness. It took me a good couple of months uh, to the point where it's like, wow. And yet who the Lord brought along as uh, as the fourth guy, it's like, Oh, praise God. You know, I'm so thankful that I waited that I didn't, uh, you know, maybe cut corners or just go with somebody that was uh interested, but uh, maybe partially available or partially interested. So, uh, so just experience literally going through that struggle myself. So some of the other things I think ultra practical that you can do is, is ask a few others to join you in prayer and you know, just the power of, of more people joining you uh, in praying for um, who the Lord would have you reach out to and invite. 
uh, pair up and maybe you found one, now it's, okay, uh, Lord, if we were to pray together, maybe each of you finds one more as a way to divvy that up a little bit more. Uh, and uh, to, in that way, it gives you a whole nother sphere of influence, like Matt was saying, to lean on. And then ask for recommendations from people. You know, we keep this as the last resort so that we don't become the spiritual matchmakers. Uh, we try to get out of that as much as possible and uh, allow the Lord to lead you to those people. But <clears throat> Uh, at all, if all else fails, definitely email us at disciple at jerseychurch.org. That may be that uh, there are some others that have expressed interest and, and that you didn't know and that we can, uh, that we can pair you up with. So, uh, so lastly, you know, the final question we're going to end on today is, is, you know, why not move forward with just anybody that's interested? You know, Matt, we've, we've hit on that, you know, here and there throughout our conversation, but why is that such a bad idea? It's a waste of my time. Uh -oh. uh, no, I was thinking through that. Uh, I have, and the reason I that was not in the uh, show notes, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, right. but, uh, uh, so. but you can quote me on it. Uh, it is true, though. Think yeah. about. It. I mean, you're going to spend potentially a year to year and a half with right. this group. Imagine all that time and energy and effort going into to a person, not that it's going to be a complete waste. You're going to grow from it. And uh, even if it was a bad choice and they're going to grow from it, but there really is a lot of spinning your wheels in that. So, well, and, and it's, uh, as I thought about this, the most important resource I have is my time, right? Like there's God always provides money. God always provides resources. Um, and I think God always provides time, but the, my time is the thing that seems to go so quickly. And, you know, you're trying to balance it between your family and your work and your ministry. Um, and, and so when I look at my time, I'm going, man, I really want to make every minute count. And so if I've got a guy who is, you know, not showing up, you know, prepared or is, is kind of like Todd said, like maybe not always available and I'm going, okay, so I just set an hour aside for you and, you know, an hour and a half aside for you and you're not even showing up. You know, I, I'm, I'm looking at that going, okay, I need to find somebody else to pour into because this hour and a half I have to help somebody draw closer to Jesus. So, so you know, as we move forward, you know, and, and you know, you're, you, you don't want to settle for somebody who's not fully interested. And so I would encourage you to have a pretty, uh, a pretty good interview process as well and, and be clear up front of what you're trying to do. Um, because, you know, we, we always memorize as part of our memorization track, uh, 2 Timothy 2, 2, which talks about how, you know, Paul's telling Timothy, teach to faithful men who will teach others also. Like, that's the goal. I don't care if you're a new believer or an old believer. If I think you have the ability to teach other people, or you at least have the desire to teach other people, um, I'm going to go after you. And, and not, but, but you have to have all the other of the faith acrostic as well. Um, because it, but if you don't have that, you know, I think by the end, you're going to spend a year together and you're going to go, Hey, this is really good. You know, we should get together some other time. And you're just like, you know, but that's not the point. The point is now it's your turn to go out and help somebody grow closer to Jesus uh, and teach them to do the same. So, uh, so, I mean, I think that's the, the main thing for me is you want to have an honest assessment so that when you get to the end, you've got a good result. Um, because whatever, you know, like you said, Todd, if, if people are not faithful with where they're at now, if they're not faithful in little things, right, the scriptures talk about that, not faithful in little things, they're not going to be faithful in bigger things. And so if they're not faithful in following Jesus now, then they're not going to be faithful with something else. 
Uh, and so that's where we want to be. We want to be careful. And and I will say too, um, for me, my attitude becomes negative towards making disciples when I'm around somebody who I feel like is not um, uh, is not participating. Uh, now this is different. I meet with I meet with some guys regularly that uh, that are you know not necessarily ones that I that I would say are ready to to go out and teach others. But I found those tend to be on and off meetings where the, they call me and they say, hey, I'm struggling with this. Can we sit down? Yes. And what I love about that is the initiatives on them. Um, but I know they're not necessarily good for relational discipleship yet because they only want to talk to me when something's going wrong in their life. They only want to talk to me when something's not working. And, and those are good opportunities for me to share the gospel and to disciple in another way. Uh, but those are, uh, they're not, um, necessarily what we're looking for, for our D to send them out and disciple others. So, so yeah, so that would be, it so reminds me of, uh, I, I, what I've gotten probably the most that I share the most from, uh, from Doug Frank, who has uh, probably poured in to invest in me more than, more than anyone else over the course of my life is, is the difference it makes in working with those that, uh, are, uh, interested versus those that need it you know he said when he made that paradigm shift in his his discipleship efforts is you know traditionally he looked for those that that really needed it all right well if they get in this then maybe they'll be faithful you know and it was just like you know pushing a rock uphill versus working with those that have a desire for it i'm telling you it is a night and day difference and to matt's point it'll go from something that you might dread and be frustrated by to something that is so incredibly life-giving so so when it comes to selecting the right person for your group or the right people for your group is who to look for remember the faith acrostic where to look small groups your serve team and those around you uh, what to do when you're struggling and then why not move forward with uh, with just anybody that's interested. So hopefully these have been some helpful uh, questions and bullet points to go over today. And we thank you for joining us. Look forward to seeing you again next week. Take care. Have a good one.